This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness, personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. Uh, do you want us to do like a one clap or like a friend's theme tune clap? <laughs> Welcome to the Game Time Podcast. We thought we'd bring you something else this week. We gave you that little nibble of the 20-minute pod reviewing the Premier League games from last weekend, so we thought, why not preview this one? Only difference, Tim's hook has been slung. Tim is out. Tom is in. Tom, how are you doing? good, thank you. How are you, mate? Very well, thank you very much. Ryan's still hanging about. How are you doing, Ryan? Like a bad smell. Hello, boys. How are you? Oh, what, what a way to introduce yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Silence. Um, right, so as I said, uh, a preview pod for this week. And we've got a, a few things up our sleeves as well, namely Ryan's little, little game at the end. But we'll come to that a little bit later. Uh, let, let's kick it off this weekend with... The first game of the weekend, Arsenal versus Burnley. A little bit of an interesting one because Burnley had a good win in their first game and Arsenal struggled over Newcastle. Tom, let's start with you. What, what did you make of Burnley's uh, absolute demolition of, of Southampton and what chance did that give them against Arsenal this week? I thought that was a weird result because I think there was, even though there wasn't a lot of activity in transfers in for Southampton, I think it was quite a surprise because there, there seemed to be a relatively good amount of positive goodwill for um uh, Ralph Hasenhutl since he's come in I think there's maybe, maybe it's just a, a, a thing among the squad and, and they, they, they were much happier under him than previous management but I was surprised by it was such a convincing uh, victory for Burnley and it was good for to see Ashley Barnes going straight to five guys after the game to reward himself with a burger <laughs> for his two goals uh, but I think this is probably a bit more uh well, away form last season, I don't, I don't think Burnley were particularly great. So this probably is a good opportunity for Arsenal to get a win. I, I would, I'd probably back an Arsenal win, win here. I'm not really sure how you see Arsenal lining up because um, I'm going to call him Pepe. He only came on for a short period of the game against Newcastle, but he, I thought he looked quite influential when he did come on. Do you think he'll start for the the whole of the Burnley game? I gonna say no I think he's gonna probably come off the bench again meaning my track record of always getting things wrong he probably will start and play the whole game but I I reckon when Emery got asked the question before the Newcastle game I think he said he's still a couple of weeks behind because he literally signed what a couple of days before the transfer so I wouldn't be surprised to see him come off the bench again but he he looked he looked all right He, he didn't really do anything at all but he didn't do anything wrong so I guess that's all you can really ask for on your debut when you make, what, a 15-minute cameo? Mm-hmm. Ryan, what, what do you think? Um, yeah, just sort of echoing what Tom said, really. I, I was very impressed by Burnley first game of the season. Obviously, you know how they're going to play. There's some of the goals they scored, especially the, I believe it was the first one when um, sort of uh, Vestergaard sort of loses his position and then Barden sort of smacks it in uh, through the keeper's legs. 
which I didn't think actually should have been a goal. I think um, Angus Gunn could have probably shut his legs a bit quicker than that, but that's not really me to... I'm not really one to uh, an authority on goalkeepers. But yeah, I think Burnley all... You know what Burnley are going to sort of like pr- um, produce at, at the Emirates. They're going to obviously try and keep it quite compact. So probably break the game down into like five, ten minute spells, trying to get like through to as long as they can, nil-nil, and then try and get a goal from like a set piece or a sort of like a bit of direct attacking. I do think though that Arsenal, for all their sort of faults, they do, especially against Burnley, they always seem to come out of this sort of game or against Burnley with a positive result. I can remember a couple of years ago, um, Koscielny scored in like the 89th minute with basically a punch into the goal at Turf Moor. And obviously that, that won them the game there. So, um, And there was another one before, a couple of years ago as well, where Burnley got a penalty in the 90th minute, scored to make it one all, and then Arsenal got a penalty in the 97th minute or something. Um, I seem to remember that being a thing. And then they won 2-1. So I think if you to say, like, what do you think the score's going to be? I'll probably go 2-1 Arsenal, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think like I said, I wasn't convinced by Arsenal, but they did enough against Newcastle because I think Newcastle looked quite good-ish for spells on uh, Sunday. So yeah, I think there'll probably be another another one of those games where they sort of like just get the result and then move on because obviously they've got Tottenham um, at the start of November, uh, September. Sorry. So yeah, that obviously they want to get points on the board straight away, really. Well, you say two one as your as your prediction, and that was the score in the game that you were just talking about there, where Andre Gray scored a ninety third minute penalty, and then Alexis Sanchez scored a ninety eighth minute penalty to win the game. Um, in fact, Arsenal have not lost to Burnley in the Premier League. Ten meetings, nine wins, and a draw. So you'd imagine it would probably go that way again. Tom, if you're going to put a score prediction on it, which way do you see it going? I think it actually might be a bit more of a bigger swing. I think Arsenal probably will get the better of Burnley. I, th- I think it might be 3-1, uh, maybe a bit more comfortable, yeah. 3-1, that was the score the teams produced last time they met as well um, at Turf Moor. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, and I'm saying this because today I literally watched the Arsenal game uh, for about four and a half hours against Newcastle. Mate, it's um, only on for 90 minutes. Like, you're doing it all right. <laughs> I just really love football, mate. I just really love it. Um, they looked, yeah, they looked good against uh, Newcastle at times, but I thought Arsenal had, there were just times where they just a little bit sort of lacklustre in their passing, which is not normally what you'd imagine from an Arsenal team. And, and Newcastle, although they created maybe only one or two chances, did trouble. Joel Linton looked really, really decent. And, and I think that style of play works against them and Burnley are the perfect team for that style of sort of rough and rough and tumble play rough and tumble is not what I mean that's something else rough and ready rough and ready <laughs> thank you rough uh, sometimes I don't know words uh, but I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a draw I'm gonna say score draw one all hmm interesting I'd probably prefer that result personally that's the thing it sounds a bit strange that I seem to remember and have an encyclopedic knowledge of Burnley against Arsenal games it's mainly because (laughs) of sort of like being a Tottenham fan you just remember those games when they get like a 90th minute penalty or something happens and you think oh for fuck's sake (laughs) but then obviously like I say it happens to any team but like when it happens to the team that you don't particularly want it to happen to it does stick in the mind so yeah that's that was the reason for that but yeah I I can see Burnley making it difficult like I say um, I think we've not really gone for any thrashings there. I imagine even though you said three one time, it w- I don't think it'll be like a a walkover like you said. So yeah, it'd be it'd be um, an interesting one. I, I was a bit confused why they put it on telly though, because I'm not being funny or anything, but like I think Burnley fans are probably hoping not to get a paste in. 
Mm. Arsenal fans will just be like, if they lose that game for whatever reason, they'll be like the laughing stock of the weekend. Um, and it's just like no real neutrals get anything out of that because if that's 2 0 after like the first half an hour, a bit like the Man City game the other day and the Liverpool game, then everyone's just going to turn off and just do something else because <laughs> it's just like, well, why would you watch it unless you're an Arsenal or Burnley fan? But yeah, I suppose they've, they've got to get everyone on telly before Halloween, I think it is. Um, so. I don't know if that's a real rule anymore, but that, I know they used to have to do that, so I can see why it's on telly for that reason. <laughs> Interesting. I know, we, I know we briefly spoke about Newcastle there. Did either of you see the news that's come out this week about Rafa Benitez talking how the end of his contract uh, sort of unfolded with Newcastle? I can imagine it was comical, yeah, I but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he said that he, he knew that a new uh, contract was coming, a new contract was coming, but it didn't come until three weeks before his contract expired and he was offered exactly the same terms financially as he had previously got and had less control over club transfers and the operations. <laughs> Decent, just yeah. sounds so such a, such like a, a, a very unusually run club. And I, I don't know, there also seems to be a lot of clamouring from ex-players at the moment in the media talking about how actually Mike Ashley's a nice guy and he runs it in, a, in an efficient way. But I, yeah, I, I, everything I've heard outside of that especially from pe- people who you know the, the ex-managers who come and talk about uh, Mike Ashley it seems to be that it's a it's a club that's really just destroying um uh yeah destroying its well its reputation as being a, a big club in the northeast of England and even worse still it's destroying all their new players as well because Alan Sam Maximan who made a, a brief cameo appearance and looked quite decent was wearing a Gucci headband last season whilst in France now he has to wear a Slazenger one <laughs> so like come on that, you could let him wear whatever he wants I'm waiting for when he gets to Sports Direct mug that he has to carry onto the pitch and stuff as well because so so this went from Gucci to Sports Direct in a season <laughs> and a deck of cards as well and a free <laughs> magazine do you want this bag for life? no <laughs> Fuck off! I will, I will shout out those sports direct mugs though because they are really good. I know Danny, you're going to hate this. They're really good for microwaving an entire tin of beans in one go. <laughs> oh come on! I don't like that. <laughs> I know you don't, but I just thought like if people out there they're not streetwise enough they, to do it. Then why why use a bowl? I mean, a fair play. Whilst we're on the topic of microwaving, microwave bacon recently actually really nice. Yeah, I think that's that's. I, I've tried it before. It, it just doesn't look right because it looks like really uncooked. I, I'm not a fan person, but it, it tastes right. But it just looks a bit weird. It looks like it's just come straight out of the fridge. I, I like how when we say something, we can then say whilst we're on the topic of it, <laughs> say, say the word microwave. We've got three. Whilst we're on the topic of microwaves, we've got three three <laughs> anecdotes for every every offshoot of topic. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we do love a little off piste sometimes. Uh, let's let's bring it yeah. back to the football. Um, let's go for for another game on the Saturday. It's the late kickoff and probably the biggest game of the weekend: Manchester City versus Tottenham. Let's start with you, Ryan, on this one. After that comeback win against Aston Villa, what what are you thinking this week? Um, I think I'm a lot more confident in the sort of like the build up to the game, like because we got the result against Villa. I think if you look at Tottenham's first four games, you've got we've got um, Villa and Newcastle at home, which you think they should be really wins. And then we've got City and Arsenal away, so it's sort of like if you can come out of that result or those set of fixtures with about anywhere between about six and nine points, you'd, you'd be pretty happy with that. 
So I think we've got we're halfway there already. We've already like beaten Villa. So yeah, I'm a bit more confident. And also, because City is so good, you almost see it as a little bit of a, a sort of a free hit because I'm not expecting us to go and get a result up there like to win. I'm hoping for a draw maybe, but I think the way City started obviously the other day was really really impressive and we look a bit off the pace compared to that but obviously last year looking at the games we played City four times obviously quite memorably all of them were decided by one goal and especially the league games were very very close I know the game at Wembley when they beat us 1-0 it was down to like an individual error error from um, Trippier I think it was who gave the goal away and then we had a few chances to score on that really horrible NFL pitch if you can remember correctly um and then, obviously, we played them in the league in about April, just after we dumped them out of the Champions League. And they scored within the first five minutes. But then we had chances. We probably should have got a point off that, which would have then, um, obviously, affected the title race. So I think it's going to be close. I could probably see City nicking it, maybe 1-0 or 2-1. Um, again, sticking with the sort of like one-goal um, theory. But, yeah, I'm hoping we can go up there and, and put a good performance anyway, because, like I say, I'm not expecting a, a, a positive result straight away so I'm hoping just just for a good performance and then hopefully get a draw or like I say in the unlikely event of a win that'd be very very good Tom what do you think uh, Spurs have to do if they come out of this game with a positive result I think the big thing is starting well into the game I think the game against Villa I watched um, for Spurs and, and although they they had that a good fight back at the end of the game and, and I think really it was a, a, a showing of just quality get, get, being able to get through in the end I think when you play City, if they can get ahead of steam up and get an early goal, it's, it's such a difficult force to get past. Um, I think you need to be creative in the middle of the park. Um, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. I was interesting. To, uh, I heard the podcast yesterday and, and you, you mentioned, Ryan, that Ndombele, I think you said that Pochettino had mentioned he was only at maybe 30 or 40% of his capacity yesterday. Yeah. And, and even capability, which is, which is obviously a, a glowing review of his sort of standards. Um, so maybe he needs to be up there with how how good he, he can possibly be. Um, I don't know about you, but I felt that Kane was intermittent on on the first game of the season against Villa. Uh, obviously, he, when he gets his chances, he more often than not takes them, but maybe he's going to have to have a bit more of a higher impact earlier on in the game. And, and yeah, if you get that chance early on to put pressure on at least, then make sure you come away with some type of goal to, to put the pressure back onto City. Yeah, sound, that sounds pretty fair. Like I say, I think with someone like Kane and also Ali as well, he, Ali seems to get a lot of stick from this, going off on a bit of a slight tangent. They do sometimes have parts of the game where they all sort of by, bypass him, but then as with any good top team, you've got like the front three or four working in sort of like a unit. So if one player's maybe getting marked out of the game, they're dragging people away from and making space for like Ericsson or Son or Ali or Lamella, whoever's playing up front or Mora. So, um, yeah, I see what you mean. Like I say, he can sometimes be a bit peripheral, but then obviously he, he's happy then to drop back into almost like a midfield position and then start spraying like 40-yard passes everywhere, mm-hmm. which is really nice to see from like your striker. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like I say, we, we, we have been guilty of that, especially in like the bigger games over the last about 18 months, two years, is letting a really stupid goal in after the first five minutes. Like the amount of times I can I can list obviously the um, the City Champions League game at the Etihad, uh, the Ajax second leg and the first leg actually in the semi final, the Liverpool final, uh, <laughs> Man City home and away last year. Um, and there's at least like I say there's a, there's at least about a dozen examples and like all in the Champions League like the group stage is pretty much the PSV and the Barcelona games. We were just letting silly goals in in the first five ten minutes and then it really does get the momentum you have to then build up the momentum and then by half time you get 
to a point where you may be on top and then it's half time and you've got to go again so yeah I, th- I think a quick start would help but um, I think mm-hmm. if we can get through the first like a bit like we said about Burnley get through the first 15-20 minutes nil-nil have a few shots see what the keepers sort of like the um, Edison um, see if he can sort of like deal with that because I know he had a bit of a shocker last year in the Champions League game so you never know like I say start quickly and see what happens and then hopefully we'll be able to to um, sort of like put some pressure on them but yeah like I say it's, it'd be an interesting game either way for the neutral especially um, what do you think Danny in terms of City what if well first of all how how do you reckon City will line up like what do you think they because they seem to Guardiola seems to make an enormous amount of people angry every week with um people like picking people and then dropping people for fantasy premier league i know that he he bloody loves the rotation doesn't he um i you know what i think bernardo silva will probably come back into the team i know he didn't start um against west ham but i feel like the midfield battle is going to is going to make or break this game because both teams have got unbelievable forward lines if if it's kane son and moro whoever's starting there with Ericsson in behind or or guero jesus and and the rest of them, Sterling especially after his hat-trick in week one, I think it's going to be won and lost in the midfield. And I think Pep's going to bring Bernardo Silva, who I think might play as more of a forward player in this one, rather than I know last season he played as like a midfield three with Fernandinho and then whoever else. But with Rodri in there now, I think he's going to play more of a winger and see Mares like dip in and out, which I think might cause your wing-back's a bit of problems. Because I know Danny Rose had a bit of a... Maybe I'm being harsh. He slipped for the, the John McGinn goal, didn't he? Where um, he was going through on goal. And, and I feel like Mares, Bernardo Silva and Sterling and then whoever starts up front might be a, a bit too much for for whoever you start right back, to be honest. Like, who, who started right? Was it Carl Walker-Peters against them? Yeah, yeah, I'm still not convinced with him as well. I think he 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 does sort of get a bit bullied as well sometimes on the ball when he's in possession, and also he doesn't seem to be as like sort of progressive going forward as maybe obviously Kyle Walker was, and then Trippier, and to a lesser extent, um, and then Aurier as well. So yeah, I I think he'll probably start mainly because we don't have anyone else because Foyth is injured, and Aurier seems to want to leave for reasons I imagine because he's not very good. Um, and then, yeah, so I imagine it will be Walker-Peters, so that could be a potential problem. But then, obviously, Pochettino could then also, there was a lot of talk before the Villa game of starting Sissoko at right wing-back, which would have been an experiment I really don't want to see at the Etihad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that'd be interesting to see if, if that happens. But yeah, I like Walker-Peters, but I think there are some elements of his game which need to improve. But I think then that will happen if he gets regular games rather than playing one game in about 30. Yeah, yeah. Consistency will definitely make anyone a better player as long as they're they're supported in the right way and not just fucking thrown into to a massive game if you're going to go for a score ryan what are you going to go with um i'm on the fence between one nil and two one i think it's gonna be really close i'm gonna go with two one i think i think we might have enough to get a goal like last year we lost one nil at the etihad and it was very close and we probably should have scored but then in hindsight we would have then took two points off city and liverpool would have won the league so never mind um (laughs) So yeah, I think I think two on two on City, but like I say, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a draw or a win, but very unlikely. Two one two City. Then Tom, what are you going with? I think it's going to be a bit more of a disparaging result. I think it will be two 0 to Man City. I think they were probably not at their best at West Ham, and they still crushed that that team. And 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 I think Sterling. As it sounds like he's about to sign for the Jordan brand, so he's probably in pretty good spirits at the moment with his $100 million check coming his way. 
I think he. I think he's probably the best. I mean, at the start of the season, it's one game in, and I know it's impossible to say, but I think he looks like he could be on the verge of having a great season. I know there's been lots of comparisons historically to how he could shape up this year in in terms of looking at his previous seasons and and how that flows into this year. But I think I'm going to go two nil to Man City. Um, but I think, yeah, it, I think whoever scores first, I, I yeah, I think. That, that's what I'll say. Two 0 to Man City, but I think whoever scores first will win the game. Also, Tom, just just to um, interject there, I, I wouldn't take two 0 as a disparaging result. If anything, that's like that's paraging or whatever the opposite is. <laughs> like to lose two 0 to that team, I probably I'd, I'd yeah, take that. You, true, yeah. you, you you sort of like you go there usually, and you expect to all you expect is a cup of tea and a good <laughs> island. So I, I will take two 0 Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, I can see your point. Like say Sterling, we need to keep him quiet, and that's very difficult to do because he just floats around like an annoying little bastard. <laughs> 90 minutes and he pops up on the left right wing up front and stuff and then obviously you can bring Aguero off the bench um, but yeah yeah, I, I can see I can see a reason behind that Danny what do you what do you reckon uh, I'm going with Raheem Sterling to score a, th- a three point play uh, from outside the box um, and then just <laughs> take off his shirt and just have like, Jordan's face on it uh, I'm, I'm going to go 2-1 as well just to, to copy Ryan I reckon Spurs will score because even though West Ham didn't really lay a glove on City, in the first half especially, City were giving the ball away in some pretty dangerous areas. Um, and I think Spurs will have the right players to to take advantage of that rather than just West Ham leaving Sebastian Haller, who had a good debut just up front on his own without any support. So I reckon Spurs will score, but I think City will nick it with like a 85th minute scrappy goal. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> um, do you mean an Arsenal against Burnley? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do mean an Arsenal versus Burnley. Um, right, let's let's move it on to Sunday. Uh, Chelsea versus Leicester. This one's a bit of an interesting one, which is why I wanted to look at it. Um, obviously, Leicester getting a nil-nil draw uh, against Wolves on the opening weekend of the season. Chelsea getting a bit of a hiding um, and maybe slightly unlucky to do so because they did hit the woodwork a couple of times. Is this a game that Frank Lampard needs to get something out of um, if it's gonna this experiment is going to work? I must say before we answer, they are currently playing as we record in the Super Cup. So we don't know what the score of that is. That's why we're not referring to it. But Tom, do you think Chelsea really need to get something out of this? No. Um, I think that whatever happens, if Abramovich was to sack Lampard this season, I think that would be a significant turn of opinion against him by the their own fans. I think that there's a pretty negative view of uh, Abramovich anyway probably outside of Chelsea but I think relatively speaking Chelsea fans don't really criticise him for the club's structure and operational prowess it's really about the management internally about how they use the players so I think if he was to be sacked I mean people are talking about there being pressure on him already I don't think there is pressure on him I think he has the opportunity now to sort of use the first few months of the season to work out well this is the squad I've got these are the youth players I've got this is the system I want to play and I think he has only had one season to sort of get his head around uh, one sorry summer to get to get his head around what uh, he's going to be doing this year and I think it is a huge step up as well I think people forget I mean I I have watched Derby bottle getting promoted every single season for like the last five years, so to to get uh, to at least get them to the playoff final, I guess, is interesting. But it is a completely different game in the Premier League. There is such big pressures every single week and expectations for him. I don't think this is a must win, but I do think 
he needs to start getting to the point where he can decide on what how his team is going to shape up for the rest of the season and maybe put more of a clear target out there for what their aims are for this season because I don't see them at the moment as a Champions League team. I think the squad looks very, very light. I think as Tim was referring to, people like Aspilqueta are looking older. Um, you're looking at a front three potentially of Pedro, Giroud and... Pulisic, who I haven't really been impressed with with what I've seen of him so far, and even at Dortmund, Dortmund, he was behind Sancho at the end of his career there. Um, so I don't think there's too much pressure on him, but I think, yeah, he, he, it would be nice for him to get a result for sure. Uh, I just had a look whilst you were talking there um, at the Super Cup score. They're winning one nil. Olivier Giroud, uh, Christian Pulisic with the assist. So there you go. If you want to change your mind, you can change. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I just don't. I don't really. I don't really get that signing personally as well. I think they. I was surprised they paid so much money for him, uh, but yeah, whatever. The best of luck, I guess. <laughs> I think. I think partly the reason why was because they they needed to replace Hazard. They knew he was going, and then he was one of the people mm-hmm. who was available. And they knew obviously that transfer ban mm. was coming in, so they were like, right, we need to do all of our shopping in January. And then obviously rang Dortmund up or probably faxed them. I don't know how it works. Um, <laughs> and then obviously just said, oh, how much do you want from basically? Because obviously they knew that they needed to get someone in before the ban came in. But um, yeah, see. So like I say, we'll try not to mention the, the result too much, but um, I noticed that he's not playing. Lampard didn't pick Mount or Abraham, which are like two of the players that were sort of like low knees in the championship last year. And obviously, like he knows Mount from Derby. So I thought it was quite interesting, sort of like not a few people saying, or oh, maybe he's abandoned his like youth team policy already, but I don't think he has. He's probably just picked it because he knows that Liverpool are very like good team and that maybe he needs to play in a different way. But um yeah, I'm interested to see that. Um, just one thing I thought I wanted to bring up as well from the Leicester point of view as well. Um, I obviously looked at the game. It was probably the game, apart from the Palace Everton game, the one with the least amount of stuff going on um, in terms of the game. But I thought the game was quite interesting against, Wol- against Wolves on Sunday because obviously uh, Wolves did look the better team, I think, from the, the highlights I saw from most of the game. They had the better chances. And if you look at the stats as well, Leicester over the first weekend, I know it's not a very good big data sample, but they were in the top five, I think they were first in a couple of categories for amount of possession in the game and also completed passes and pass accuracy. But then they were also in the bottom five for the amount of shots on target, when I think they had about two or three shots on target, and then the amount of shots taken in the box, which was very small. So maybe that's a bit of a hint on how um, Brendan Rodgers is trying to play sort of maybe against teams that maybe want to sit back and hit them on the counter, which is what Wolves were famous for last year, especially against like the, the big away game teams. Um so maybe that'd be interesting to see um, if he's just going to try to get a lot of long-range shots in and a lot of short passes, whether or not that'll work, because obviously Leicester famously are quite a good counter-attacking team. So it'd be interesting to see how they transition into that. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm sort of toying with the idea of putting them down for a draw, actually, in this game. I don't know about you. Have you got any particular strong feelings for like a score either way? Well, if you said they're, they're playing to score long shots, you know who they need to get back in their team. Um, you go know. on. Ben Marshall. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. There's a name you don't hear much these days. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> the man only scores bangers. Uh, you know what? From what I saw from Chelsea on Sunday, they looked they looked decent. Uh, I think they were a bit um, a bit unfortunate. They lost four nil. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. Be, yes. 
we beat them 4-0. They switched off massively after the second goal, which let us get the third goal pretty much instantly afterwards. But they did hit the post twice in the first mm. half. And, and I know it sounds like a stupid cliche, but football is a game of fine margins. And, and that an inch or two the other way, and, and all of a sudden they, they go into the break either in the lead or level. But I think Lampard's done the right thing this evening. I know, not talking about the Super Cup. I think there's almost third, a... third time we've talked about it now. <laughs> Spoiler, we're not going to talk about the Super Cup. But you know when Andres Vosboas first came into Chelsea and he was like, nah, that's it. John Terry, Frank Lampard, Ivanovic, you're all out of the team. We're bringing in the new guns. And then it massively backfired and John Terry started becoming the manager from the from the sidelines. I feel like Lampard will have to learn when to pick and choose the, the youth. It's great promoting youth. There's nothing wrong with that. But maybe there are some times where you just need to go, you know what, although maybe Tammy Abraham needs to improve, it's better to just play Olivier Giroud in this because we know he's going to give us that target man-esque figure. We know he's going to win the ball and he's going to battle back. And that's something that maybe Tammy hasn't learned yet. So I think if that first game, although it was an absolute drubbing, they were unfortunate at times, but I think he will have learned from that. And he will come up against a stern test in Leicester because they are a very, very well-organised team and, and I really like Brendan Rodgers. So I, I won't, I'm going to go with a very narrow Chelsea win, but I, I think it'll only be 1-0. Tom? Yeah, I, I echo that as well. I think Chelsea will probably win. Um, and maybe the goodwill off of the back of the potential winning of the Europa, or the Europa <laughs> Super Cup or whatever it is. But um, No, I think, uh, I think there's a... <laughs> Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, I actually want Frank Lampard to be a relatively success. I think um, I don't particularly like Chelsea that much, but I think it's quite nice to have someone that is so ingrained in the club be successful. In the same way, it's quite nice to have Solskjaer at United. So I think I'll put a one nil win for for uh, Chelsea on that one. Two wins, and then Ryan, are you gonna are you gonna stamp down that draw? Is that what you're going with? Yeah, well, I'm gonna go for a very specific type of draw as well. I reckon Chelsea will start very quickly, like you said, as they did at Old Trafford. They'll probably go into like a 2-0 lead. I reckon Leicester will then get it back to 2-2. I reckon it'll be a fairly Ooh. fairly open game, especially, like I say, if Leicester have to come out and play, um, if they go like 1-2-0 down or whatever. And it'd be interesting to see the character of, like say, Lampard's new team, whether or not they can um, sort of defend a lead. Because I know defensively as well, I'm still not convinced by a couple of the people. I know he's picking, like I say, might be picking them because he wants to promote the youth uh, players there, but I'm still not convinced. Tammy Abraham is a Premiership level striker. Um, I don't. I, the, what I saw when he was at Swansea, I don't. I don't. I'm not convinced by it. And obviously they've still got like Batshuayi as well. Like why not play him as well? Because he looked okay for Palace last year, um, last season. So I'm a bit confused by that. And then Zuma as well. I'm not convinced he should be playing for a club like Chelsea. Um, I, I, he didn't really convince me against Everton last, like when he was at Everton last year. So Christ knows what he's actually doing in the team, maybe because it was just suspensions and stuff. But I reckon two or draw. I reckon I'm going to go for <laughs> two or draw. Very specific. Uh, before we move on to the Man United Wolves game, we're going to pick up on this because Tom mentioned it in the group chat, and and you've just alerted me to it again. <laughs> you said Premiership again. Yes. Please go on. Explain because Tom um, called you out on it, and I want to just, have this discussion. I don't know. Before. It's just just a bit just a bit of healthy nostalgia, isn't it, mate? Um, <laughs> I found myself doing it over the last few weeks. I don't know why. I think maybe I, don't, I object to the term Premier League. I think it's a bit too 
like I don't know, it's a bit too wordy, a bit too like formal. So Premiership just sounds cool, and it's what I what I was raised on. So that's 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 what I'm going for now. Um, I'm still I'm still in sort of like pound shillings and pence rather than uh, rather than the new the new money. But yeah, yeah, I do I do quite I quite like it. It's, it's quite an endearing term. I don't know why. I'll, I'll call it the first division. Like the further along we get, like just go further back in time. <laughs> Faxing the Premiership, you're just living in the nineties, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> it's just sort of like a bit of big time travel experiment at the moment. <laughs> oh, what a podcast we are! We bring you all that nostalgia right onto the final game of the weekend. Although, does it really count as a weekend because it's a Monday night game? Does that does that still count as a weekend? It does for me at the minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> living that summer holiday life. <laughs> Right, so Man United versus Wolves. It's it's at Wolves. This tie last season for United proved very, very tricky. Um, both in the league games and in the FA Cup game they played as well. Um, Tom, what do you think? Do you think this will be a little bit more of a, a sterner test for, for Ollie's counter-attacking side? Well, yeah, I think it was interesting when, we, when you guys talked about how United are now... Be- potentially need to play to their uh, advantage of being a counter-attacking team the, the difficulty with that is that works when you play teams that are better than you or play possession football but it doesn't work when you should be the one that's sort of taking it to the other team now Wolves can play in possession so, that, so maybe that will work against them this weekend but I guess the the issue with with United's strategy with that is that eventually they're going to run out of teams that are on paper better than them and then you tend to then struggle against teams that are pushing on the on the the bottom end of the end end of the table. I thought I thought United played fantastically well against Chelsea, and, and the goals that I saw, I was very impressed with play, play players. I did, I don't know about Dan James's goal. Dan James's goal was fantastic, except the finish. I don't know if you saw. He he like he tried to hit it the first time and almost like fell over. And then and then scored. It's really it's really weird to watch when you watch it in slow mo. I, I, I can't work out how he maintains his balance and is able to actually then tr- shoot with the second attempt. But Man United's ability to break sort of from the, I think it was almost towards their own corner flag on the left hand side, using the pace and power of Pogba and the quick passing of Rashford to get it was it's a fantastic goal. And yeah yeah the right you're right they if they can deploy that regularly they are going to score a lot of goals on the break this season I do wonder how they'll fare against the sort of the mid-table teams and the lower end of the teams who will expect United to dominate possession and, and I mean to, to bring Bournemouth in this early again um, <laughs> who had, who had 34 minutes yeah uh, th- that's something that we try and do and actually we tried to do against Sheffield United and the issue with when we played against them last weekend was they didn't want to keep the ball they were happy for us to keep it and then you lose that creativeness in the in the middle of midfield so yeah i think it was um i think wolves will be disappointed with the result last weekend as well so maybe they'll have something to prove themselves and i think it's whenever you go up against a, a, a big team like united at home there's always a lot more a, lo- a little bit more excitement in the stadium and, and a monday night fixture there could be an upset on the cards perhaps what, what are you going for nail down the score early I will go for. I'm going to go for a Wolves win. I think. Um, I think it will be a bit of a shock. Uh, I've moved in Donker into the fantasy team, uh, <laughs> so I'm nice. ant- antis- anticipating rewards. Uh, I'll go one nil Wolves. Oh, one nil Wolves. Ryan, what what are your thoughts? Do you agree with that? 
Um, I sort of do in a way, like I say, because Wolves seem to have a very, very good record against like the traditional top six teams last season. Um, obviously, they're not Man United out of the cup as well. Um, so had like, sort of two experiences of beating them, and I believe they got a point at Old Trafford last year as well. So that was obviously like three very positive results for them in their first year back. I do feel like this year they might be a bit more distracted by the Europa League because it looks like they're going to qualify. They, they sort of had a, a decent win. Um, in the qualifiers last Thursday, and obviously they've got their next qualifier coming up tomorrow. Um, so I think they might be a little bit distracted by that, but I think they've got enough to probably get a draw here, but I reckon it's going to be very, very close. I reckon it's probably going to go for a one-all draw, I reckon, because I think United, again, like Tom sort of said, they will get chances on the break because Wolves might need to pile forward if they're losing or, or they might just have a spell of domination when they are keeping the ball. Um, but I think United have got enough, or they should have enough going forward to at least score whether or not they're playing on the break or whether or not they're playing on the front foot. So I think it's quite an even game against two very evenly matched sides on their, when they play their best. And obviously United only have to have a slight off day and then they could be in trouble. But I think they've got enough to get a point. They'll be very keen to impress after last weekend's result against Chelsea as well. So I think, yeah, I think one will draw. I was going to go nil nil, but I was thinking no. I think there will be goals, so yeah, one all draw. Okay, that's. What I, I'm going to go for a Wolves win. I'll be honest. Uh, I think obviously Oli last season um, played against them twice in the FA Cup and then in one of the league games and struggled both times, even though he implemented two very different formations. The one thing against Chelsea that United did not do enough, Luke Shaw. Wan-Bissaka is fine because he's unbelievably quick and a very, very good defender. So it didn't really matter too much that Jesse Lingard didn't always track back. When Rashford or Martial doesn't come back, Luke Shaw really struggled. And he was up against a 30-year-old Pedro who is not known for his pace. Against Wolves, where those wing-backs will come flying and they'll come forward often, if United wingers don't track back and help, especially Luke Shaw out, I think... You know, I will have a really tough time of it. And I'm going to go with a 1-0 win because I think Wolves will look to, to let Man United have the ball. And that completely eliminates the, the pace of Rashford, James and, and whoever because the counter-attack space isn't there all of a sudden. And I think they'll just nick a goal and, and then see out the rest of the game. So I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves. Mm, interesting. So you've got two people already back in against their team. Um, from the two predictions in, <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah. We'll, we'll see if we make that um, a hat trick when we look at the uh, <laughs> new prediction game in a short while yes tease that new prediction game because it's coming up right after this break does anyone here like magic right welcome back from the break and as I mentioned before we've got a new feature to the game time podcast this year I'm going to surrender hosting powers for a second because it's Ryan's Ryan's mastermind? Ryan is the mastermind, is what I'm trying to say. Ryan, hit us up. What's happening? So, um, this is sort of running in conjunction with um, the local football team that my brother plays for, um, Up the Bones. Um, <laughs> so, uh, they're basically... The they, yeah, the nickname. Well, it's not actually the name of that club, but it's a nickname from, from the town. Um, but yeah, um, also qualified through to the next round of the preliminary round of the FA Cup at the weekend, and they've got a trip on bank holiday Saturday to Great Yarmouth. So, oh, lads on tour. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that'd be basically what they do is the, the lads at the, at the club. They um, one of the lads he he organised it, and basically you get ten games a week, um, a mixture of usually prem, Premiership 
nearly said Premier League then. Um, championship, <laughs> League One, League Two games, maybe in the conference as well if it's an international week, and also some SPL games sometimes. And you just have to predict, a bit like Super Six for those people that do play Super Six, um, you just have to predict the right results. So the way we'll do it this year is we'll have a weekly thing. Um, basically, you get 10 games. I'll send them out to you lot on the Monday, and then everyone else we can put them on Twitter and Facebook and, and everything like that. Um, you get three points if you get the score bang on. So if you say, for example, we looked at the Man City Tottenham game earlier, if it ends 2-1 to City, then you get three points for that. If City win, like if it's like a 4-0 win, you still get one point for um, getting the correct score, uh, for the, like, the correct sort of like way the game went, but you don't get as much because obviously you didn't predict the right score. Um, I'll keep a weekly tab of these, obviously, and then at the end of the season, I've come up with a really good prize to keep everyone um, willing to um, and engaged in it. Um, so basically, whoever wins, because this has worked out really well, because all four of us support four different teams, um, the other three of us had to band in, and then we have to buy whichever person wins an item of their choosing from their particular club shop up to the value of Aww. £10. <laughs> I like. <laughs> <laughs> it started so, so promising, and then just yeah. ten pounds. Well, I was thinking earlier we could just do it unlimited, but then obviously, if Tim or Tom or Dan or Daniel, you might just pick a shirt, and that's like sixty <laughs> quid. <laughs> and I don't really want to be spending twenty quid on a third of a Man United shirt or a Chelsea shirt. Um, so, yeah. and also it'll add the novelty element in because you probably like, especially like Man United, you probably the cheapest thing in there is probably like eleven quid anyway. So you'll have to just get like a flask or like a <laughs> or like a pillow. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I thought I thought I might um, thought I might keep it a bit tasty. Um, obviously, this you can, is you can buy you can buy the Bournemouth shop for ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say you can you can have part of the lease. I think um, that'd be quite good. Um, <laughs> that'd be a, a well well deserved um, reward for a year's worth of predictions if you get a, a stake holding in Bournemouth FC um, club shop. <laughs> Tell Brenda who makes the teas to do what she, whatever you want. Run it, run it your way. Um, so yeah, so I thought we'd start off. Like I say, we were going to start this last week, but first of all, I didn't have the idea until today. So that's a shame. And secondly, obviously, last week uh, with it sort of it was a bit up in the air because obviously we were recording a bit later in the week. So we thought we'd kick it off this week anyway. Um, obviously, this will be open as we said earlier to anyone who wants to get involved as well. So if you want to send the um, your predictions to the email address, which is Danny Game Time Podcast One at Gmail dot com. Yep, you make sure you get your entries in before 12.30 on Saturday, so before the early kickoff, and then that'll be valid, and then we can keep a sort of like a listener's league going as well. Um, can't guarantee any prizes there because of rules, but um, I don't know, maybe maybe you just get like a firm handshake. <laughs> I, will, I, I will be fair, and I'll say uh, we will come up with a listener's prize when we have negotiated the legal things that we can or cannot give as prizes on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that that'd be a work in progress, but um, yeah, that'd be quite fun as well. So um, obviously, Tim has because he's not on here. He sent me the, his predictions already earlier in the day, and I've done mine as well. So obviously, we've got Tom and Danny. We'll run through all ten games. We're doing sort of one apiece, um, and then we'll sort of like tick off our 
um, predictions for that game as well. Also, because I'm, again, working from the 1950s like the other week, um, I've written down all the predictions and I've got them on the back of a letter from the DVLA. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I need to make sure that I get them down accurately because this is the first time that me, Tom and Danny have discussed this. So we can go a bit more in depth. There's three Premiership games. There's uh, four games in... No, five games, sorry, in um, the Championship. And then there is also one game or two games in League One, I believe. I'm just looking down the list. So we'll have a look at those. So obviously, yeah, this will also hopefully be a learning experience for us all. So we'll have to pay attention to the lower league games or the, especially on an international weekend when it's like Dover against Ebbsfleet <laughs> and we've got no idea what, <laughs> who anyone else. Good game. A good game. <laughs> So, um, also, I've realised now we're going to run through this. This is going to be like the uh, Mitchell and Webb football sketch. <laughs> yeah. You know, when they just read out, like, Port Vale against Middlesbrough. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, we'll start off then, um, alphabetical order. We'll start off with Aston Villa against Bournemouth. So, Tom, I'd like you to take the reins on this one. So, um, obviously, if you want to add a bit more on sort of how you thought Bournemouth got on, because we haven't really talked about it from last week because you weren't here early in the week, so... How do you think they got on first weekend? And then how do you think they'll get on against Villa? Uh, um, I I was disappointed with the result against Sheffield United. I th- felt that we gave maybe them a bit too much credit. Um, to We backed off so much. There was a, a lack of creativity. We really missed David Brooks. It was quite apparent as well. And I don't think the front three that we have that I was so reliant on us having a good season on looked particularly fit already for the season. Uh, I think this is a good opportunity for us to try and get some points on the board. I think Villa will probably be quite despondent after the Spurs game because I think they probably felt that, especially with their first half performance, they could have got something out of that match. I still think that we are a better team and squad. I'd like to see Harry Wilson play. Um, Even as a substitute would be good against Villa. I think we will win. I think we will win 1-0. Um, and it would be nice to see Tyrone Mings uh, at least play a game in, in a match that Bournemouth are involved in, even if it doesn't mean he's playing for playing for us uh, playing for Aston Villa. But yeah, I'll go for Bournemouth. Bournemouth one nil. Excellent. So thinking that Bournemouth get off the mark, and then Villa will have to wait obviously until next week to hopefully get some points on the board. Interesting. Um, just at this um, sort of point, obviously we'll talk about Tim's in a minute, and I'll talk about mine. Um, so Danny, again, your thoughts on um, Villa Bournemouth. I'm going to go with goals, 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 and then add another two goals to that as well. Um, I think I'm going to go 3-2 Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth are going to be frustrated after last week's one-all draw, and they're going to come out all guns blazing. But Villa look like a tidy outfit, and I think, I think they'll score some goals as well. So I'm going to go 3-2 Bournemouth. Interesting. So we've got a direct 50-50 split between the way in which that game's going to go. So obviously Tom said 1-0 Bournemouth, Danny said 3-2 Bournemouth, which sounds a lot more interesting from a neutral point of view. <laughs> um, me, me and Tim have agreed, we haven't colluded in this, we're just sort of obviously coming to our own separate opinions. We've said that Villa are going to win. <laughs> so oh. I think um, the, my reason, obviously I don't want to um, put words in Tim's mouth because he's not here to defend himself. My reasoning for this would be, obviously it's Villa's first game back in the Premiership for a good few years. I think if they're going to stay up this year, they need to get points on the board early doors at home. And I feel like this game is a chance for them to win because Bournemouth will, as you said, Tom, before, the Bournemouth will come out and play the football. They're not going to sit there and mm-hmm. sort of like do um, a sort of like a, a defensive job on, on Villa or try to anyway. So I think me and Tim have both gone for 2-1 Villa. Um, 
I just think, like I say, I, I think they might be just carried on by the home fans and like the atmosphere because it will be a bit of like a, a sort of a carnival atmosphere there um, with their first game back in the Premiership for a few years. But again, I can see Bournemouth definitely scoring and causing problems, but I think Villa might just have enough to get, um, especially like the performance, like you said last week, they'll be very keen to focus on the positives, especially even though they lost 3-1. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully it'll be a good game because I, I think it's both teams that play football in the right way. Like we saw that last weekend. Um, and I, like you said, Tom, I think Bournemouth are a little bit complacent, maybe. But I think Sheffield United deserve some credit because, like I said, they, they kept on battling and they are playing their own way. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that goes. But, yeah, so we've got a 50 50 split there to kick off, which is nice because then it'll probably end up in a draw now and no one will get any points. <laughs> <laughs> so, dipping down into the championship for the next one, we've got Blackburn against Middlesbrough, the big game in the north. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, is either are you either of you clued up on the championship? Do you watch much championship football? Do you pay much attention to it, Danny? First, I've watched. I've uh, I've watched uh, a lot of Blackburn and Middlesbrough over the last few weeks. So I feel like I'm very well we've, placed to. We've got ourselves to get a ringer. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Blackburn looked wank against Charlton, um, and and probably worse. Um, in their last time out against Fulham as well. Though the Fulham result, relegated Premier League team who, who kept most of their players, so that one's, uh, that one's maybe a little bit of a skewed one. But uh, Luton versus Middlesbrough was the first game of the Championship season, was mental. There were so many goals. Um, that was great, it was wasn't weird it? Yeah. Because, yeah, Middlesbrough, obviously the fact that they're managed by Gareth Southgate, they went 3-2 up in like the... With are, like you sure? are you sure, mate? Not Gareth Southgate, the fucking other one, Jonathan Woodgate. <laughs> that is a that is a step down. <laughs> it's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> one of the gates. Um, <laughs> obviously, yeah, managed by um, a defender. You'd have thought that when they scored the the third goal to make it three two in like the the seventy eighth, seventy ninth minute, whenever they scored it, they would hold on, but they they didn't. So I'm gonna go with um, the fact that. Blackburn are just shitter than the Middlesbrough, and I'm going to go one nil. And I'm going to go even more specific. I think Lewis Wing is going to score for Middlesbrough because he bloody looks tasty at shooting. Not, not as a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has had a good start to the season. I think uh, Lewis Wing. Um, so yeah, so Danny's gone for a Middlesbrough away win. Tom, what are your opinions on this and the Championship in general? Um, I, uh, I, I do, I do try and keep up with the Championship because. I quite enjoy keeping up with the, some of the ex-Bournemouth players that play in the Championship now. So we, we've lost Mark Pugh this summer, plays for QPR now. And there's a few more Tommy Elphick spread around there. There's, there's a few more players, Lewis Graben as well in, in the Championship. So I do like keeping an eye out. The ever, ever, the never-ending story of where Benneke Fobe ends up as well. <laughs> he, play, he, he plays for Bristol City now. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Um, he, he got like bullied yeah. out of Stoke, didn't he? The fans hated it. <laughs> Well, he got signed by Wolves and then sold by Wolves in the same summer. And then, yeah, it, 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 it is incredible. But um, I think that Blackburn will probably continue their bounce back after their successful win against Oldham in the EFL Cup in midweek. Yes. And I think they will beat Middlesbrough. And I'm going to go for a boring 1-0 win for Blackburn. Ooh, so we've got the opposite, literally the opposite of what Danny said. <laughs> Interesting. Um, just to fill the rest of it in. So Tim's gone for a 3-1 Middlesbrough win. So obviously hoping that the forward line can probably spark into life a bit more uh, like they did against um, 
Luton on the open day, like I said, Danny, and then maybe keep out a few. Maybe Woodgate's making them do double drills in defence. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've personally, I've gone for a one-all draw, partly because, like I said, Danny, I've not been too convinced by Blackburn. I mean, um, they lost, like I say, at home to Charlton first day of the season. That's a game they sh- really should be winning. They had decent home form last year as well. Middlesbrough as well, I've not been too convinced by. They They did dominate for large parts against Brentford on Saturday. I watched the highlights earlier in the EFL. But then Brentford scored on the counter and, and sort of like they lost 1-0. So I think both teams are going to be looking for that first win because both teams have got zero points. So it makes it quite interesting. I've gone for a one-all draw because I think both teams will be keen to not lose their third game in a row, but also want to try and win. And I think that's ideal conditions for uh, sort of cancelling each other out. So I've gone personally for a one-all draw on that one. Um, down to, again, like I say, Middlesbrough's opponents on the opening day. So Luton against West Bromwich Albion. Uh, Slaven Billich's West Bromwich Albion, which is a very weird sentence to say as well, because I never thought I'd see him back in the Championship, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, what did you think for this one? I think I'm going to go 2-0 for West Brom here. I think they'll be too good for Luton this time. Yeah, I've, I like to just personally endorse that myself, because like, that's exactly what I've gone for. So you've got my support <laughs> on that one. Um, Danny? <laughs> Uh, I've gone for both teams to score, but 2-1 to West Brom. Oh, okay. So we've got uh, nearly our first clean sweep. So we've all gone, me, you and Tom have gone for an away win. Tim has been hipster as ever and gone for a one-all draw. Um, nice. So yeah, Luton, like I say again, another team that um, started off all right and then obviously need to keep their home form going, a bit like Villa, we said earlier, to try and stay up. So that'll be an interesting game. Um, Millwall against Sheffield Wednesday. The games keep coming thick and fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one was a bit of an interesting one for me because Sheffield Wednesday actually beat Barnsley in their last game and I thought they were going to really struggle because they sold Lucas Zhao to Reading. So I thought they might be be a little bit thin on the ground for, for goals. But they got... I, Josh or Jacob I think it's Jacob Murphy on loan from from Newcastle um, I think it was like a goodwill parting thing from Steve Bruce to go I'm really sorry I'm really sorry uh, sorry guys up and left. <laughs> take this boy um, and, and he scored against Barnsley so I've I've gone for again a really boring 1-0 win to Sheffield Wednesday Okay, so you've gone for Sheffield Wednesday to carry on. Like I said, they are joint top at the minute because they've won the first two games. Um, you said also just you said about like maybe being a bit thin on the ground up front. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, one of those clubs where if you named a Premiership striker from four years ago, it's like even <laughs> money that they are now playing for Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> they have all of the all of the sort of like the perennial Championship level players. They've got like Jordan Rhodes, Stephen Fletcher, uh, like all of the boys. <laughs> In one club, um, so yeah, interesting. So you've gone, you've agreed with Tim there to a lesser extent because he's gone for a two-nil Sheffield Wednesday win. So, Tom, what do you think? I think Sheffield Wednesday get uh, probably the, the one of the favourites this season as well. So I'm going to go for Wednesday four Millwall one. Oh, word, hello. The yeah, natives huge. will not be like that. They'll be chased out of Coldblow Lane if that happens. <laughs> chaos. Um, I've gone against the grain this time, and I've gone for Millwall to win one nil. Partly. Partly because I think Sheffield Wednesday, even though they are at the minute top, I'm not 100% convinced with them. They've still got a caretaker manager. Like I said, they lost one of their um, sort of like strikers. I think Millwall's home form in general is usually quite good and they do cause problems with teams, especially like from set pieces. So, and Millwall, like I say, they, um, they sort of like, they usually play to their strengths there. So I think I've gone for a 1 0 win. I, I can't see Sheffield Wednesday carrying it on throughout the whole season, personally. So, uh, next game then. So, we've got um, Millwall, Sheffield Wednesday done. Um, Norwich against Newcastle. Tom, I'll come to you first. What do you think for this Premiership game now? 
Uh, I think uh, Norwich were impressive against Liverpool despite losing quite convincingly in the, in the end. Um, so I think they, they will put up a good fight against Newcastle. I have been impressed by the reportings that Jolinton looks like a good player for Newcastle. Um, so I think I'm actually going to go on the side of a Newcastle win for this one to get them uh, off and running this season. I'm going to go for a Newcastle 2, Norwich 0. Oh, interesting. So you've gone for... Steve Bruce to get off the mark. Okay, Danny, would you like to add your throw your hat into the ring? I will, and my hat is going to contain even more goals than the first game I went with. I'm going with three all. I'm. I think. Oh wow. Norwich were very naive defensively in that first half against Liverpool, but some of the attacking play they put together will rip the shit out of a lot of teams in the Premier League this season who who aren't used to facing that sort of play, and I think. Sorry, I'm getting all emotional about it. <laughs> um, I, th- <laughs> I think... Take, take all the time you need. I think Newcastle will struggle um, against them, but I also think that that naivety in defence will be exposed. So I'm going with a three-all draw. Goals bonanza. Interesting. So you've got an, uh, uh, an ally in Tim there. So he said two-all draw for Norwich-Newcastle, so he's hoping for goals. Well. Personally, again, I've gone for a Norwich win this time. I've gone 2-0, partly because... Again, Newcastle looked okay in spells, but I was more impressed by Norwich in their opening game, even though, like said, they did lose 4-1. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, it seems to... I don't know why. Promoted teams being at home for the first time seems to carry a lot of sway, in my opinions. Because yeah. <laughs> I've backed Norwich and I've backed Villa to win. So, we'll see how that one goes. Um, potentially the most boring game of the weekend coming up, Nottingham Forest against Birmingham. So, um, Tom, would you like to kick us off with that? It's going to be boring. It's going to be a nil-nil, this one. Yes, I've gone with that as well. I said nil-nil, partly because I know Birmingham have won their first two games, but I'm really, really not convinced with um, with Birmingham at all at the minute. Like I say, they, they seem to be plucking players from like the fifth division in Spain. And then Nottingham <laughs> Forest as well. They got a decent point, but it was very scrappy against Leeds. So I think, yeah, I can see another draw on this one. Danny? The boys have also gone nil-nil. Yes, I, yeah. Tim's the only one that's bucked the trend here. Fucking Tim. He's gone for a 1-0 Forest win. <laughs> Bloody I imagine Tim. off Lewis Graben's arse or something. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, we haven't found one yet that we've all agreed on, but I reckon this is now going to change because we've got Southampton against Liverpool. So, we'll start off We'll start off in reverse order this time. So, me and Tim have both gone for Liverpool wins. Tim's gone 3-0. I've gone 2-0. So, Danny, are you agreeing or disagreeing with that? Um, originally, I had this as a 7-0 Liverpool win but I felt like that was incredibly incredibly <laughs> extreme so I'm, I'm going to tone it down bearing in mind it's away from home uh, just 4-0 for Liverpool OK so a very conservative 4-0 win <laughs> Tom? Uh, I think that without Alisson in goal there will be a goal conceded I think that will be a result I think it's going to be close I think it'll be 2-1 to Liverpool I think um, they they may st- this may be one of those games where they they just get over the line, but two one Liverpool. Interesting. That, I know they did that last year. I remember they played at St Mary's towards the back end of the year and they went one 0 down because Shane Long scored, which is what we all Jeez. we all like to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see. Like I say, I think it it will be a bit close. So that's why I only said two 0 But I forgot Allison wasn't playing, so <laughs> that's, that's such a fair shout. Um, Stoke against Derby, the depressing Midlands Derby of the day. Um, so, Tom, what do you reckon? Stoke Derby. <laughs> uh, I think um, it's going to be 1-0 to Stoke this one. I haven't watched Derby a lot 
um, since Lampard's left. Uh, but they are the bottlemen, so I'm going to go for one nil to Stoke. Richard Keogh own goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, like I said, they should have won on the weekend. They played Swansea, got a nil-nil draw, and then Martin Wagner missed a penalty. So they probably should have six from six at this point. And Stoke have started terribly. They lost both their first games. But like I said, they have got to back. They've got to uh, like bounce back at some point so that I could see that happening this weekend. Danny? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone for a 3 nil derby win, mainly because... In the opening weekend of the season, I'm pretty sure Jack Butlin was huffing paint. He just sprinted out of his area for no apparent reason <laughs> and, and basically just gifted um, whoever they were playing on the opening day of the season that I can't remember now, even though... Uh, QPR, QPR, I believe. Yeah, gifted, um, gifted him a goal. Um, so I'm going with a 3-0 win. Tom Lawrence to score another brace for Derby. Nice. So we've got a direct split again. So we've got Tom and myself going for a Stoke win. I've gone for 2-1 rather than 1-0. And then Tim's gone for a 2-0 Derby win. And Danny, obviously, 3-0 Derby win. So we've got a fair amount of different predictions here. So that's quite good because otherwise we're all going to end up on the same points. So that's quite nice. Um, so this is one a bit closer to home for us three anyway. Sunderland against Portsmouth. The boys. The boys. Back in town. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Danny, what do you reckon for our old University City? For the old uh, Checker Trade Trophy game. Oh, shit, yeah. And oh. the playoffs as well. They played each other like 40 yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like being, it's like being in Scotland. It's like, oh, we've got to, do Aberdeen. We've got to play Aberdeen again. <laughs> Not again. We are Aberdeen. Um... <laughs> we just played Aberdeen. <laughs> Please, sir, no more. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to go with with the same trend um, as the Checker Trade Trophy, and I'm going to go with a draw, and I'm going to go one all, not two all. Nice. That seems to be Sunderland's only result they can get in the league at the minute. They drew 19 games last year <laughs> in the league, and they've drawn their first two games one all. So yeah, interesting. That's a popular scoreline. Tim's back to you on that as well. Uh, Tom, what do you reckon? I think the Will Ferrell effect of midweek is going to uh, impact Portsmouth. And I think that Super Brett is going to come through. I think it's going to be 2-0 to Portsmouth. Nice. Bicycle, bicycle from Brett. <laughs> Are you saying Brad Pitt? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I saw that thing, obviously, Danny, you mentioned it the, um, the other day, I think, in the group chat, and you said about the Will Ferrell um, references. Yes in the Ports of Tranmere highlights and and they said there were 14 in total I only counted about 7 so I'm obviously not as au fait with the work of Will Ferrell as I thought I was <laughs> uh, but like and someone said like I'm pretty sure there was just a reference from like it was like a one word reference it's really clever yeah. and I do like the EFL highlights for that especially the I think I showed you the one the Cheltenham one oh, from last season when the horse racing was on and they used about 17 yeah, yeah, yeah. in about 97 <laughs> I've got so much time for that. But yeah, that, that was quite nice. So yeah, hopefully, like I say, riding, riding the crest of the wave with Will Farrell. I've gone for a 2-1 Portsmouth win as well. Just old habits die hard. I, was, I always want them to do well. Uh-huh. Mainly because of Brett Pittman. <laughs> not, 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 to do a, not to absolutely pull a Tom here, but while we're on the subject of uh, Brett Pittman, it's nine years ago today that he scored a hat-trick in 16 minutes for Bournemouth against Peterborough. There we go. Yeah, it's true. Didn't... I, I also knew that. <laughs> Didn't they name a stand Well, I beat you to it, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he got fifty percent in the club shop after that game. Decent. Well, that, that's going to be that's going to be eaten into when you win this prediction. Yeah, yeah. It's going to get into like a, like a hostile diluted. Takeover. Yeah, it's like the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. taken to court for the Winklevosses. 
<laughs> Which one of you is Justin Timberlake? <laughs> I imagine Bre- Brett Pittman could play that <laughs> easy. Yeah, yeah. Brett, Brett, Brett's JT, no often, doubt. Often yeah. gets confused for, with Brett Pittman. Um, Justin Timberlake does in LA. <laughs> uh, did, did you score a hat in 16 minutes against Peterborough? Do you play for Portsmouth? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that leaves us with the final game, which is the Rugby League derby of the weekend. So you've got Wigan Warriors against Leeds Rhinos at um, the JD Stadium, or J whatever it is, the fuck it is now. Um, the one that was named, the one that was named after the guy that broke his leg in the cup final, because no one's ever allowed to bring Dave Whelan up without mentioning he broke his leg in the cup final. <laughs> good, good thing you're adhering to the rules, right? Yes. Yeah. Such, pe- such pessimism. <laughs> it's just like I remember that time when they qualified for the the FA Cup final when we watched it. In, in halls and like they kept saying to us, said well you you never got to play a full 90 minutes how gutting, is, how gutting does it feel and it was like mate he's an owner of a club on the biggest day of his life and you're asking him yeah you're not going 50 years ago how gutted are you about it still just like bringing back all those horrible memories it's just like kicking his leg how does it feel eh? yeah. Hey. I'm, yeah I'm coming on later I'll do a job <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, getting back to the semi-serious point. So Wigan against Leeds, uh, uh, what can only be described as a half-full stadium at the most, and probably half of it will be Leeds fans. Um, me and Tim have both gone for away wins on this. Tim's gone for 2-1 Leeds, I've gone for 2-0 Leeds. So Danny, are you in agreement? Yeah, I went for 2-0 Leeds as well. I think, I think they play some lovely football at times, and, and I think it'll be too much. Though they did lose Kemar Roof, so Patrick Bamford, and other forwards are going to have to step up, but I think they'll they'll score the goals. I'm so not convinced about Patrick Bamford's abilities. He's so I re- flimsy. I really don't think. He just, I really don't think he's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in complete agreement. I've seen him in the championship for multiple different teams, and there's always been such hype about him. I've never really seen. No, him. but the irony is, if he played for Chelsea now, he'd probably get a game under Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tom, to finish off the. Um, Predictions, what have you gone for? Oh, I think it's going to be a Leeds win. I think it'll be closer than that. I think it'll be 1-0 to Leeds. Um, I think Wigan look a little bit desperate at the moment. Um, so I think they'll make it a tight game. But I think the, probably the quality in Leeds' squad will mean they get the win. Nice. Excellent. I'm pretty gutted that no one went for an actual rugby league score. That would have been quite cool. Like 13-10 <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> the number of like uh, conversions. But yeah, excellent. So... I've now got those written down on the back of said DVLA form, so that's good. Um, we will obviously have a weekly sort of like checkup and, and a sort of like a run through of the next week's um, stuff. Um, obviously, we'll have to make sure that whoever's not on will just get their opinions beforehand so we can grasp them up as we just did with Tim. Um, so yeah, <laughs> interesting to see how they plan uh, sort of like pan out. And obviously, we're all playing for that potential mug slash scarf slash. 10% of the shop <laughs> going towards May looking forward to that indeed uh, so that's our new feature Ryan do you want to give it a name what, what are you going to call it um, putting you on the spot here sorry yeah thanks for that mate <laughs> um, rather than I, I, th- I want whatever it's called I want it to have a theme tune like the unpopular opinions where Harry Redknapp says the word opinion 12 times <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, we we it's a work in progress. We we won't call it anything yet, but we'll see we'll see what it says. Hopefully next week oh, we'll uh, for it. 
That's the name of it. Hopefully next week we'll have a name for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, de- debuts this week. Remember, if you want to get in touch, Game Time Podcast One, we will post each week the picture of the uh, predictions that you need to make. Email us there or DM us on Twitter, and we will put your predictions and we'll put up a little league as well and we'll update every week so thank you to, for bringing that to the table ryan you are welcome <laughs> <laughs> right before before we wrap up this absolute bumper pod we thought we'd treat you this week um talking points as always anyone got any comical things to share from football this week tom's at bournemouth related uh, i'm pretty sad that chai daniels didn't make an appearance which is Gutting towards my 19 required so far, so uh, uh, no, no, nothing happy on my end. <laughs> Tom, how like, how well do you know the Bournemouth players? Um, re- I guess relatively well. Like, do you know where he lives? Because I've only got him down to play five games, so I need to visit his house maybe with a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. There's, I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about it. everyone in our fucking squad is injured at the moment, <laughs> yeah. so it, there's no no worries about that. You're worry. about three games away from playing Borough at left back, I think, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may have an obligatory start in the in the squad if I do get ten percent of the shop. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. For you and the tea lady holding it at the back, still probably better than Mings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got an assist last week. That's twenty six million pound. That's a twenty six million pound assist. Yeah, that's true. Nice. <laughs> I can't imagine that number's going to be divided by any smaller number for <laughs> the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest, the the only the only talking point I did have was the Will Ferrell Portsmouth thing. Obviously, you can't really go a weekend without not hearing about it because it seemed to be everywhere. But yeah, it was quite um, interesting. Also, just another on a sort of a semi serious point. Um, obviously, the stuff that's going on with Barry and Bolton still which is mm. seemed to be like never ending obviously Bolton did really really well to get um, a point at the weekend against Coventry even though their average age of the squad was about 19 years old which is pretty good considering half of them are going up next week to get their GCSE results um, <laughs> also it's the year or the year anniversary of um, when you called Jake Humphrey out for that as well Tom I thought I'd bring that up again oh. <laughs> Well, I cannot wait till Thursday. Believe me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't get any GCSEs or A levels, and look where I am now. <laughs> Look at Kevin Keegan, Tom over there. I cannot wait till Thursday. Yeah. They gotta go. I there. would love it if we beat them. <laughs> oh, one thing I did actually want to bring up, semi-related to that, on the topic of Drake Humphreys, is um, did you see his tweet from about April time about Norwich? Did anyone see this? It got retweeted a lot over Twitter this week. No. Um, basically, when when Brighton, I think Brighton got beat by some team back in April, and it looked like they were going down. He tweeted something along the lines of, "I can't wait for a, a good team like Norwich, who play very nice football, to come and replace Brighton um, next year." And then, obviously, everyone retweeted it when they were four 0 down at half time to Liverpool. <laughs> 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 and then it got even more of a even more of a cane in when Watford then went <laughs> lost three 0 at home to Brighton. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was a nice little bit of. I always like that, them sort of bits like coming up and, and sort of biting people on the ass. But yeah, that's quite funny. <laughs> well, we will <laughs> on that bum note. We'll end it there. Tom Ryan, thank you as always. It's a pleasure, not a charm. Cheers, mate. <laughs> we will be back next week where we'll have an update on all of the prediction results as well, as well as all the Premier League games and anything else that takes our fancy. But until then. 
Have a good week. Remember to like us, subscribe, do whatever you want on whatever you listen to the podcast on. Um, and you can get in touch, gametime underscore pod on Twitter or gametimepodcast1 at gmail.com. Until next week, bye. Get your fucking predictions in as well.